Hello again, I'm Mario the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. I hadn't thought about any specific subject for the next podcast. And tonight, I was lucky in that, well, I guess lucky, just because of what the subject matter was, where a circumstance came up that a friend of mine had posted a question that really hit me and made me start thinking through the better part of the rest of the day about what he asked. He said, can you feel like a success and a failure at the same time? Man, that really knocked me for a loop. So I'll read what I responded. Yes, this was something I'd long spoken to my therapist about. Although I still have a ways to go on this, he was able to help me to understand why there are highs and lows that echo differently for me in whatever professional aspect I pursue. The feelings of of lack of hours in a day leading to my feelings of inadequacy of getting enough done, that was because of idea debt. Allowing myself to consistently want to do more and never taking time to appreciate what I have already managed to accomplish and how to enjoy it before I would move on to the next idea or keeping a long list of goals slash ideas, but no real thought on the path on how to attain them, just wanting them to happen. Sometimes it's just crushing insecurity, comparative action by seeing other artists and creators seemingly so much more accomplished or knowledgeable than I am. Other times it's this nagging and bizarre feeling of existential dread, like I'm running out of time. Or there's a mental fear bomb hiding somewhere that I cannot name, identify, find, or diffuse. That no matter how much I try to get things done, market, sell things, it's, it's the low points that mold into this fear point that fuels the failure aspect in me. Even on days when I feel like I've managed to get some good things done, I'll still stay up into the late hours of the night, risking lack of sleep lack of focus, endless fatigue. And all of this was just directly feeds into failure feelings and it magnifies it. So I don't know about you guys, but I didn't realize until I wrote all that out, like how completely and totally enveloped that was in me. Now I know that I'd always sort of suspected this, like I'm going to be completely honest on what I'm saying. I do freelance and I have different projects that I work on and I enjoy the work. I do. I love trying to work through it, trying to discover what I can bring to it from graphic design to illustration. But there is something that happens for me on a level that that really kind of goes beyond that. For me, a, a lot of the years that I've been a professional, I've consistently battled both success and failure within myself on a lot of different levels. The main and probably most obvious part of it is, you know, I can go all the way back to whenever, you know, I was in high school leading into college and after graduating college, I had an idea in my head that no matter what I was, I was going to either become an animator or an illustrator, pure and simple. And from that point, I remember that I had, you know, I'd struggled quite a bit to get through school. I didn't have a lot of assistance. I really went into debt getting through school, through college, that is, and ended up with a degree that, for the most part, really kind of echoed, um, 
it was <laughs> I I had to laugh in spite of myself in the Jurassic uh, in the Jurassic Park film. There's a there's a scene in there where once they've once they've just seen the uh, brachiosaur and they're back in the visitor center and they're walking up the stairwell. Uh, there's a point in there where um, Dr. Alan Grant makes a point of like saying, I think I'm out of a job. And, uh, and Ian Malcolm says, don't you mean extinct? And it, I remember back then laughing at it, but also going, wow, I really understand that. So that was one of the first and earliest points of feeling like that, although I had the success, this measured success of getting out of college and, you know, actually acknowledging the fact that, wow, I'm a college graduate. I'm, I'm doing something that I felt like, you know, was empirically important in my life, right? That I had, that I had managed to get this well, I, at that point, I didn't even get my degree. I didn't end up getting my degree until many, many years later, mailed to me. But the fact was I had graduated college and I felt like, okay, now I can go and I can I can be a success and I can do these sort of things. Well, I was lucky in that the first real job that I managed to put in for right out of college was for an illustration gig. And it, you know, was one that I wasn't really even looking for. It just... It, you know, quite frankly, it was a lot of luck. And I ended up working there for, I believe it was about a year, year and a half, something like that. And uh, that was for Gerodo Gaming. They don't even exist anymore. They were later bought by Arrow Gaming. It was a charitable, uh, a charitable game company. So it's like pull tab stuff, you know, like lotto tickets and things like that. Uh, but not with, not with the Missouri Lottery. Anyway, so... You know, I remember thinking to myself back then, like, well, hey, you know, I'm kind of a success. I got out and although my illustration game wasn't as strong as on point and I thought, well, I've already I've, I've made it right. I've, I've got an illustration gig. I'm just going to stay here for the next 25, 30, 40 years, whatever the hell I was thinking at that time and then retire. Right. And so this this was probably about. Oh, I, you know, I don't even remember anymore what year I graduated. Isn't, isn't that sad? But I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, I've got, you know, it's it's not even 2000 yet. It's It was easily in the mid-90s, probably about 97, 98, somewhere in there. I could be wrong on that. And I think most of it I've just pushed out of my head. So anyway, um, you know, I thought it was a success getting this job, man. And, um, and, and for what it was worth, it was an enlightening experience, but... I didn't take it seriously. I was very much, it was very much my own fault that I got let go. And that's the truth. I really did end up losing that job. I was fired pretty unceremoniously and it was painful, you know, but I understood that it was my fault. I kind of messed up and not really taking it seriously, assuming, well, I'm here. How am I going to get fired? That sort of a thing. So that success was quickly followed by failure. Now, the reason I told that story and, and talked about that is because for some reason, that affected me more than I thought it did. I wasn't even aware of it at the time, how much it had actually rearranged how I would perceive and pursue other jobs. So after that, there was a slew of other jobs and places that I worked. I worked at a sign shop. I worked at some smaller design studios and boutiques. Um, I did freelance for a couple different places from Andrews McMeal to, um, you know, just different companies and stuff and, and 
all these other things that occurred. Well, during that time, you know, like any other creator, like any person striking out, trying to get jobs, you have your ups, you have your downs, some jobs work out, some jobs just don't. But there was something that kept creeping back into my head for every single time that I'd either get hired somewhere or I'd be proud of a project that I managed to do or something that I had created. There was always this weird inkling of failure that floated around behind me. And the more I thought about it, the more I would either try to suppress it or maybe if not suppress it, ignore it outright for the sake of going, you know what? I don't have time to think about this negative aspect. I just want to keep on moving forward. What I didn't realize was I wasn't really moving forward as much as I was running to get away from it. And maybe it was because it scared me. Maybe it was because it was just, I didn't want to deal with it. Or maybe it was just that I was afraid that if I let it catch up, I was going to have to be really honest with myself with how I was, you know, handling myself at jobs, what I was doing and what the ultimate end game for myself down the road was going to be. And there was a large part of me that didn't want to deal with any of that. I think it was because of the fact that I was sure that there was some big thing waiting for me. Right. And I actually lived with a delusional thought that at some point in time, I'd be good enough that someone was just going to come along and pick me like, like seriously, I don't even know why this reality was here. And so maybe this will help some of you. If any of you are younger, that are wanting to get into the uh, into the art world of any kind, right? Whether it's a comic creator or anything else like that. Um, rare is the person that is sitting at a table or at a job that has somebody either in power or with influence within a company or anything like that that comes along and says, hey there, you're a shining star and I want you to come along and I'm going to make sure that you shoot straight to the top. It's like a very... 80s 90s kind of terrible plot right and um and i think that you know i can't i can't readily blame you know media or anything else like that for setting me up for that but you know in college they tell you you know as long as you're good you're going to go far um and that was that was so far from the truth in so many ways now i'll be honest the other part that i'm leaving out on this is the fact that i think i had an overdeveloped sense of accomplishment and ability. I sincerely did. And it took me a few years to understand that I wasn't as good as I thought I was and that I'd gotten extremely lucky with a lot of the breaks into getting into graphic design and illustration. I mean, not many people I know could ever say that they got an illustration gig right out of of school. And I mean, literally it was illustration. It wasn't, it wasn't even digital stuff. It was like, you know, pencil and ink some stuff out scan it import it vectorize it and then color it i mean it was as pure as you could get it was the transitionary period where traditional art was meaning the computer and it was working from there and i could have learned so much in that point when i was at Gerodo, but it fell by the wayside and that was my fault so again going back to the whole thing can you feel like a success and a failure at the same time i absolutely did but i was becoming a master at ignoring it Now, fast forward a few years and whenever I had started working at, you know, places like Hallmark and even at um, SMG, which was a little independent uh, studio, there was a lot in there where I think because I I had this idea in my head, like I I just need to keep going forward and I need to overcome whatever's in front of me and I'm not going to let anything take me down 
that I refused to have any humility. I ended up walking around with a big fat wheelbarrow of temerity in front of me. And my ego was just splashing all over the place. And it was ridiculous. And I, and this is the one thing that I'll tell a lot of students and other people I've mentored over the years is that you have to have some way to acknowledge the, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? You have to be able to acknowledge that you may not be the best. And if for any reason you th are thinking that you are, that is probably because you're not. And um, I know there's exceptions to every rule, but in this case, it was absolutely this thing where I would consistently think, and this this is getting real talk on you guys here. I worked at Hallmark off and on, and I talk a lot about it because it was my most recent creative corporate job. And when I worked there, I remember there was a couple of different circumstances where I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm working at this place where like, seriously, I mean, think about it, just especially if you've worked at Hallmark, you can go up to anybody and say, and if they're like, Hey, well, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I work at Hallmark. It's, they think it's just the land of like cupcakes and unicorns, man. Like literally they think, Oh, Oh, you draw all the things on the cards. How cool. How cool. No, I didn't. I was like, I just cleaned up card processes for a long time. And then there were some, um, you know, later I ended up doing some more creative stuff, but I never was an illustrator there. I, you know, I was no Gen Genary. I was no, uh, nobody like that. I wasn't, um, I wasn't involved in any big creative assets. The only thing that I ever really got a whole bunch of creative play and, um, interaction with was when I became a voice actor there, which was outside of the realm of graphic design and illustration. Um, but during that time, I also started feeling this thing of failure creeping in whenever I felt like I was having success. Um, my first, the first, uh, the first time I ever worked at Hallmark, I was let go after a week. The whole group I went in, it was five of us from a headhunting agency. And, uh, we were let go without warning because the, the account they had with Walmart just, they decided, well, no, we don't want this particular line of cards. And, you know, like, you know, they just let us go. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty heartbroken. I finally managed to get to this point where I was like, Oh man, I made it. I'm in this company. This is, this is what everybody at my school ever talked about. And nobody ever thought I could make it in here. Cause I don't draw flowers. Right. But I didn't care. Cause I made it in there. And to me, it was overwhelming and just exciting and just everything. Right. It was just this, just this mega huge feeling of success and then crushing failure by the end of the week. <laughs> and it was like Thursday and I was like beside myself. I'm like literally, at one point I went to the restroom and I was just bawling because, you know, I was just all out crying because my emotions had gotten to me. And I was like, I can't believe I made it in here. I barely made it four days. And I had already, you know, bragged and boasted to a lot of people like, yeah, I'm in here. This is, this is going to be good. I know it's just contract, but they're going to see I'm I'm hoping to get a chance to show somebody my portfolio years down the road. Now I realize how utterly naive and clueless I was about the whole circumstance. Now, the good thing was, was that eventually I ended up back in there through the help of a couple of different friends and some other acquaintances and stuff. I did end up getting back in there, got hired full time at one point and then have stayed contractual after that until finally, not that long ago, I decided enough is enough and I had to leave. What I did end up finding was that alongside the efforts that I was trying to do as an independent comic creator 
and whatever the hell else I thought I was at the time and still am. I was also still trying to work in a corporate arena as a contractor. And that just wasn't working. There was an overwhelming amount of emotions that were coming forward from past times being let go or overlooked. Now, this is not whining or complaining about the company necessarily. This is simply my own, uh, my own experiences there and, and why the whole success and failure factor came together. When I managed to get hired on full time, I was happy. I felt like it was a, a success for the most part, right? But there was a slew of failures that went along with it. I was failing to see my real dream come true. I wanted to be an illustrator. I wanted to be the guy that worked with inks and watercolor and markers on paper and created things that would end up on cards or whatever the case was. I wanted to see if I could get into the character design area if they had one. I wanted—I just wanted to do more than what I was doing. And most of my job was simply trying to understand processes and all these other things, which let's be honest at that point in time. And really when I got out of college, I had a basic understanding of graphic design, but I didn't understand a lot of the other stuff because I hadn't really been instructed on it. There wasn't a whole bunch that I knew. So when people would talk to me about things like, you know, embossing or certain um, effects they would do on the cards, I didn't know anything about it. And I had always worked on simple cards, you know, like, you know, colors, you know, color cards that just required lithography or something. So I didn't really need to know a lot. I just needed to do some color checking and, you know, maybe check for spelling errors or misprints or something like that. But I, I never really worked on a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, the job we did, the area I was in when the other guys and ladies that I worked with was absolutely necessary. You know, it was part of the pipeline. That was fine. But for myself, I felt unfulfilled. I felt like this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. This isn't what I went to school for. I don't understand why I'm here. To the point to where I became fairly petulant about it many, many times, um, if not outright frustrated and angry. Um, you know, counted up with a bunch of other things that happened too, including, you know, working for some people that were really great and some people that weren't. And it was my first real 100% corporate job. A lot of other jobs I'd held before sometimes had like a little bit of a indie streak to a blue collar sort of work ethic to them. Um, at least the environment in the arena that I worked within felt that way. Um, this one was purely as corporate as you wanted to get. And especially in the area where I worked, I would imagine that the people that had been there far longer than me, they'd been over there over 15, 20 years or whatever, they had a better understanding and capacity to be able to function within that zone because that's the job they did. They liked it. It was comfortable. And up until these recent years, Hallmark had a reputation for never firing anyone. They were a company that just kept on growing. And I imagine that during the 90s and its heyday, really pre-super popular internet days, you know, it was somewhere that could have printed money. I mean, Hallmark owns things like, you know, um, uh, what is it? That cartoon with, uh, oh Lord, I can't believe this. I should edit this out, but I'm just going to run with this. Uh, I want to say rainbow bright. I almost said strawberry shortcake, different company. And, um, because of that, you know, I remember thinking like I work here at this place and, and, and I've made it and all this other stuff that, you know, kept my ego not in check. Right. <laughs> And I kept thinking, well, I, you know, I can say what I want now. I'm a professional. I can do what I want here. I can say what I want. And uh, they'll understand because creative people understand each other. 
And man, I was in for a rude awakening. And that was a whole other bunch of problems for me because the failures that I started to go through weren't necessarily just blatant failures. They were small, you know, underlying ones. I wasn't always getting to work on time. I didn't really acclimate to the place very well. I was suffering from the onsets of, you know, the first time I went through depression. There was a lot of things happening that I just didn't want to admit to. And it was adding up to a lot of emotional turmoil and weight that I just couldn't bear. So then the next thing that started happening was that I really approached a lot of my time working there with a very nihilistic approach um, to, to thinking on everything. Um, I became sardonic. I didn't really understand a lot of the group activities. I didn't want to partake in them. I simply wanted to go there, clock in, clock out, and get the hell home and just work on something else. And that, and honestly, it was a good kick in the pants because it helped me start really getting my comics out there. And I really was serious about trying to become somebody who would independently support themselves by illustration or freelance work. I just wanted out, but I was too, I was too scared to leave because the money was good because it was a corporate job it because it made my parents and other people I knew that were reliant on me or that believed in me or that wanted the best for me happy but I wasn't happy now thankfully over time I found happiness there with friends that you know I really liked uh, there's a lot of really good people that I got to know there and once I started to find a balance for myself where I wasn't so harsh on myself for these for these failures, perceived or otherwise, and I wasn't so drunk with the idea of being successful, which is a weird thing to say, right? Um, like having that overdeveloped sense of accomplishment is terrible. It's fucking terrible, man. <laughs> and um, so then... You know, I think what happened next was that after that, I really started reaching out to people. And I remember I started like I did this thing for a long time. I even have like tons of emails and notes saved from this time where I I was in luck in that I met a fellow there who was I believe he was an art director uh, named Jim. Great guy, um, quite a few years older than me, but just you know, a young at heart spirit, just a wonderful dude. And probably the first person that I ever met when I was working there that was in any position of management where I'm like, oh my God, this dude gets it. And we hit it off pretty well. He was into comics, and all this other stuff, but he was one of the first, he was the first person actually that I spoke to where I, I, he gave me the idea of reach out to people and ask them what their personal journey through Hallmark was. Well, over the course of, the next year or so, I think I ended up speaking to a good 50. I'm not even joking. It's like 50 to 70 different people at Hallmark. We would just meet up like around lunchtime or something and um, just talk, you know, have a coffee or whatever. And just, you know, I'd, I'd figure out where they worked, what they were doing, you know, just tried to start making connections. And then it started growing from beyond that. I met my 
my good friend Deanna Munoz that way too. And I bring up her first and last name because if you're in the Kansas City area, she runs the Latino Arts Festival. And that is a woman who, when she worked at Hallmark, was a powerhouse and they didn't really know what to do with her. And now she's goddamn unstoppable. And I often look to her as a huge point of, of inspiration and influence. And uh, she's a wonderful person who, if you ever get the chance to talk to her, ask her her story. I'm not even going to share it on her because hers is an amazing one that, in her words, is the only way to hear it. So getting back to the main point, whenever I was going through this stuff, it was nice to meet these different people and to begin to understand what others were going through. But I was still getting something of a superficial viewpoint because something that I discovered, and um, I think it was kind of a... It was a weird thing. There was another fellow that I had met, and I don't remember how this came about. I think it was because of a comment that I left on the internet, specifically about how Hallmark was handling itself toward like comic conventions and just pop culture and ignoring certain lines that they carried or, or products they created because they didn't they wanted them, but they didn't really feel that there was a lot to invest in them. And I remember speaking to this one fellow. Out of respect, I won't say his name, but. Um, we're still friends and he's a great guy, phenomenal freaking writer. Um, we hit it off because we were both interested in toys and this sort of thing. Um, but as I spoke to him, I picked up that there was a nervousness that I hadn't seen in other people as much, but as time went on, it was something where I became more aware of it in all other people I spoke to. A lot of times, whenever anything came about to talk about Hallmark, it was in hushed tones. It was always with a quick look over the shoulder to see if maybe somebody else in management or higher up was listening, was nearby, or was in the area. It felt it felt very Jason Bourne like. It was very strange um, to the point to where I even I started getting a little bit that way. And I remember that that I became a little bit more paranoid. I became a little bit more worried, and. I didn't enjoy what I was going through anymore. And about this time, I was still doing voiceover. I was actually stretching my legs and getting out. I was making it up to the to the to the voice recording studio, um, the sound studio up on the ninth floor, quite a bit more. Um, I was having a lot of fun, and there were ups and downs with that as well too. But I was learning. I was and and you know that was just an amazing time. But that was also during the time that the first layoffs were really beginning to happen. Like the really really bad ones were starting to happen again. And, you know, people I knew were, were being let go and, you know, I was losing connections and friendships that I'd made at work. And um, it was also a tough time for me because I was so sure that once I had started to make some of these connections, um, people that were reviewing my portfolio, helping me out on things, that I would be able to make it somewhere. And it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening at all. And so then when all of that transpired, I was sort of left with this just sad and really empty feeling. Although I felt like a success because I was still at Hallmark. And at that point in time, I was still employed full time. The failure part, the imposter syndrome was completely apparent. It was terrible, right? And, um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. A part of me really wanted to leave. Just to get the hell out of there. I would even I would even make there was this a fantasy story I wrote at that time when I was still writing pretty prolifically. And it was it was pretty blah, but it was this idea that I took everything I was going through and I I literally I think I either called it Card King or the Iron Kingdom. I don't remember what I called it. 
Um, no, the Iron Crown. I think it was something like that. It was something with the crown and the kingdom and that. But what it was, it was the story of a gilded city. And I, I borrowed from all kinds of things. Tolkien, you name it. Because it was a multi-tiered city, which resembled like the building we were in for Hallmark. And how there were, you know, different different casts of existence on each floor, which was very true. If you've ever worked at Hallmark, you know this is the case. Um, not necessarily always because of, a, because of a cultural factor, you know, a corporate cultural factor, but because you are separated by distances, stairwells, floors, people get moved, all this other sort of stuff happens. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, there's this character, and it was me, you know, in this, in this example, um, you know, but but caricaturized that was trying to make it through this and and th they were adventuring with the people they worked with and and encountering things like you know i don't even remember everything i did i know i've got notes written down about it and for a few weeks i kind of entertained myself with it um and then every person that i would talk to and quote unquote interview or ask their path through hallmark was sort of like these like gaidens or these like side quests and characters and npcs you would run across it was a weird thing it was it was a coping mechanism for me to deal with the quickly increasing amount of feeling of failure that i was having at the time and so then that's what was going on with hallmark now at the exact same time you know trying to and i wasn't even really trying attempting to figure out if i was going to grow my business outside of it because i kept thinking i'm gonna get let go i'm gonna get fired something's gonna happen um it, well that wasn't going anywhere either and I think in my head, I'm not even joking, at some point before I got let go, I was sure I wanted to get into ornaments. I was like, I've got to get in there. I'm just starting to learn 3D work. I, I, I can do this. I can apply anything I know and, and come out on top. And, and I, I have an uncanny bit of luck about landing on my feet. I may be bruised and broken, but I do land standing up. It's just not always pretty. Now, I was certain this was going to be the outcome here, but it's, it turned out it wasn't. Um, I think I've told the story before, so I'm not going to go back into all the details here in full. But essentially, when the day finally came, it was a slow, painful, complete eradication of the area I worked in. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you ever get a job at a company, there is a feeling that sets in when the inevitable is coming. Whether it's one person getting an email or getting called into to go meet HR, there is no day like that when you're sitting there and you can feel this almost suffocating duvet of HR just enveloping your area. And you can't even think. You know that other people are still going on about stuff. Your manager may be trying to get you to calm down or whatever. And it's a weird it's a weird heartbeat in the air. Well, after all of that was finally done and said, and, you know, they told me, well, you know, you got the rest of the day off. Oh, don't worry, it's paid. I'm like, yeah, great. Three more hours on my paycheck. That's going to be great when there's no paycheck. And, um, you know, so when that was done, I, I remember feeling the failure from that. And the exit interview, I went in and thank God I've taken acting classes and I'm a method actor because I was able to completely bullshit my way through that. Like, you know, I still remember the lady was just like, you're coming in and you're just so exuberant. You're so happy. Well, there was a part of me that was 
a little bit relieved that I had been let go, as bizarre as that was. And I should have taken that as a real clue as to where my heart was sitting. But I was also sad. There was a lot of people I was going to miss. And I didn't. I was like, when am I ever going to see him again? How is this going to work? You know, like real, real talk. Right. And I remember going in there. I'm like, oh, no, you know, I know I get it. I totally get it. You know, company's got a company, you know, like, you know, the reduction of, you know, resources. I, I totally get it. You know, I mean, Hallmark's Hallmark is a very good company and the halls are good people. And I just, man, I ham that shit up like you wouldn't believe. I don't think I believed half of what was coming out of my mouth. I really don't. Um, I, you know, and for what it's worth, I wasn't really even mad at the company. I think I was in so much shock with how bizarre the whole circumstance was that I didn't really have a lot to think about. So I wasn't even thinking about the failure or the success at that point. I was just like, I, I don't even really know how I'm going to pay for my next tank of gas right now. Like, cool. Let me just get the hell out of here. I'm, I'm going to go sit by some railroad tracks or something. I didn't, I didn't even, I really didn't know what the hell to do. And, um, so then after that, some time went by and, um, my buddy Ryan managed to get me back in doing contract work, which was great. I kind of knew the circle and, oh boy, let me tell you, there's nothing like going through HR multiple times, like a new hire when you're like, no, I seriously, I've been here. Do I, do I have to sit in? Do I, oh, I, I do. I do have to sit here and watch this again. I swear. I just saw this like five months ago, you know, or whatever. It, it was always the same stuff. HR never updates their, their films. And, um, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, like, what's this going to be like? And um, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I liked the people I was around, and um, I managed to to morph over into another area and learn some really good things. Um, I learned the hell out of Excel, and I went from hating that program to to kind of tolerating and really enjoying it now. And um, and that was that was a good thing. And I and I remember thinking, you know, like. I don't, I don't believe I'm ever going to get hired on here again full time. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I, I gave it my last good try. And I've told this story a couple times. Um, also, I've told the story in the amusing podcast, uh, episode 10 for season one. I was interviewed by my buddy Ben Watkins and his crew. Um, it was a lot of fun. And that's the full unedited, uh, fairly PG 13 and on up version of the story. Um, but when I had found out that, you know, the job that I had put in for, you know, I'm certain there were other people that were trying to get in on ornaments. But when I found out that that particular job that I put in for had hired somebody who literally had the qualifications of an accountant to take over as a as a future ornament designer, I I was kind of beside myself. And all the success that I thought I had amassed, all this time, all this experience, all these connections turned out to be a big failure for me. That's a pretty empty damn feeling. And I don't know about you guys, but that was such a rude awakening. And no matter what, no matter what I tried, no matter how many friends I had at work that were like, you know, don't worry, this will work out or, you know, things are going to be okay. Understand this was right smack in the middle of COVID doing a number on this company. So everybody's working from home. I'm already like out of the loop. Couldn't get updates on my computer. People aren't emailing me. I was down to only working sometimes two to five hours a week with a max of five. That was the cap. I wasn't blaming anyone. It was just what the corporate mandate was for my area. 
I'm hoping it wasn't anything personal, but it was what was happening. And I even stopped telling other people who were asking me, well, how's it going at the workplace? I just started uncharacteristically lying my ass off about it. Like, ah, oh, it's great. You know, it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's a little slow, but things will get better. And that slowly gave way to complete and total utter desperation and depression as I was like, I don't know what they're doing. Why am I not getting more hours? Oh, God, this is terrible. And I guess I finally made the decision. It came to me where I was like, I I can't do it anymore. I I have to walk away from this. You know? And I felt like I let down my coworkers and my friends um, in doing so. I felt like I had completely just lost any trust they had in me. And, and I'm not going to lie. It tore me up. Which further dropped me into this hole of like, what success? This all looks and smells like failure. And it took a long time for me to be able to figure out what and where the hell I was heading, you know? So, yeah, it's completely possible to feel it. I still do. I've had some nights where I'm just struggling to get things finished in any way, shape, or form. Uh, sometimes it's more than just, you know, feeling inspired. It's it's feeling worthwhile. You know, it's having this, it's having a real sense of purpose and not letting the, the other things crawl in, whether it be a nihilistic viewpoint or existential dread, which, uh, you know, in and of itself can also be something where you'll hear a lot of people go, oh, God, you're talking about existential dread. What are you, a, a walking meme? No, it's a real thing, and it does happen to people, and we should be much more concerned with it. But for myself, it was absolutely, completely something that crash-landed into me so hard that I'm still feeling the repercussions of it and enduring it now in the things I'm doing today. You know, whether it's illustration or the graphic design stuff I do, um, I'm glad I have them, but... There are always those moments that I'm questioning myself, like with my own work and with future plans, like what am I doing? How am I going to recover? And when you become an artist, if you're if you're the person that's listening to this, who's hoping to get into the art world, it sounds very doom and gloom. It's not, but it is tumultuous. It is challenging and it is hellaciously Something that will mess with your head because not only do you have your own ego that you either need to keep in check or build up, but you have a lot of people that will either hate on you, change you, um, deride you, or manipulate you in ways that you never thought could possibly happen. More so in a corporate environment, if you're not careful. I'd love to say I'm as strong as some people I know. Um, that have gone and worked there and been contractors and then managed to turn it into a full-time job at Hallmark and are kicking ass. Those people are awesome. And I look up to them and they are some of my favorite people in the world because I don't know how to do that. I, I don't, I don't know how to do that at all because right now I'm just lucky if I can like look at what I do. And there are some things I do try and draw inspiration from like, Hey, I'm doing a podcast. I'm, I'm talking about my experiences. This is going to be a good thing. This is all fantastic, right? And then there's other moments where, oh man, 
I'm, I'm worried that nobody's listening to this thing or that nobody really cares or nobody's leaving comments. And, and none of that is a dry, you know, attempt to get you guys to leave comments or anything else like that. I'm, I, that's not the point of it. I'm saying that this is a real thing that goes through my head. And I'm certain it goes through a lot of other people's heads, too. So in so saying, if it does, in case you were thinking this, I want to tell you this right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. It's not a waste of time. And they are real feelings. And you are valid. Absolutely. The danger is getting it out and being able to talk about it. It's really important that you're capable of doing that. With that, thanks for listening. I am Mario, the Artisan Rogue. This is Radio 74. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on all kinds of other social media, from Twitter to Etsy to Instagram, YouTube, and my website at www.theartisanrogue.com. You can also find me on, uh, I think I said TikTok already. That is, that's kind of funny. I've got, um, I keep getting followers on there little bit by little bit and people liking myself on Etsy. And those are two things that, um, I told myself I'm really going to push forward on. So please check me out on TikTok. I am the artist and rogue. If you're on there, I tend to post a lot of different stuff on there about my art and other experiences with mental health and stuff. And I just recently got the ability to do three minute videos and I haven't done one yet, but I'm looking to try and figure out what my content will be for that. Thanks for listening guys. I'll catch you in the next podcast. Mm -hmm.